Welcome to the Scrum.org Community Podcast, a podcast from the home of Scrum. In this podcast, we feature professional Scrum trainers and other Scrum practitioners sharing their stories and experiences to help learn from the experience of others. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Scrum.org Community Podcast. My name is Dave West. I'm uh, your host and also CEO here at Scrum.org and I'm Really excited to have one of our PSTs on the uh, on the podcast today, Stefan Wolpers. Is that how you say your surname, Stefan? I always try to avoid oh, saying yeah. Wolpers, right? Actually, my family originates from England, so uh, <laughs> there's a lot Wolper in, in in the UK. <laughs> so that that there, that there are. That doesn't mean I can say it, though, Stefan. Unfortunately, but welcome to the podcast. Thanks a lot for having me. And uh, we're excited to hear hear your story. So I guess to, to kick off the podcast, I'd love you to tell me a little bit about your journey here. In, introduce yourself and tell a little bit about your, your journey. Well, I started with Agile product development back in 2006. And as uh, so often, uh, it shows me, not the other way around. So back then I was asked by the folks of the startups whether I would be their scrum master, could be their scrum master, because they had trouble talking to the founder. And I thought, like, how hard can this be? You know, I had no clue what scrum was. And uh, I agreed. And um, from then on, it got me, uh, got me sucked into the vortex, so to speak, right? And funny thing is I wasn't aware that there's something like a scrum guide for years. You know, I thought it would be some sort of magic druid stuff, you know, given from one generation to the other one, but only at full moon and stuff like that. You know? And later I found out there was something like a scrum guide. And I thought to myself, yeah, makes sense. You know, just write a few things down. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it really does. And just for our, our listeners, um, in, in Germany, um, uh, where in Germany are you, Stefan? Just for- uh, I'm in Berlin. You know, so the most un-German city in Germany, I believe. <laughs> yes, well, just uh, just for our listeners, yeah. So, so you you started, you know, in two thousand and six, doing being forced to do Scrum. Somebody said, "Hang on, we need a Scrum master. Can you do it?" What would I mean? What was it like? What would what was your first sort of realization or experience of it that you're like, "Hey, this is different." My first impression was, hey, this, this is common sense. This makes a lot of sense. You know, so um, if you want to know when something could be available, I mean, you'd ask the people who are building this, right? Um, that don't come up with some fancy Excel-based projection stuff that's never going to work anyway. Um, just apply the the, 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 the the thing that makes most sense to everyone, right? And I was very surprised later on to find out that this is not the standard way that people develop products. And that the next job I had was basically project manager in a traditional agency. And the first thing they wanted me to do is uh, create one of these gun charts with MS projects. You know, it was dying, you know, <laughs> it was uh, nightmarish. You know? So I, I believe it's a, uh, the, the application of common sense to complex problems, you know, and life gets so much easier at least in my experience, if you live up to the idea. So so hang on a minute. You did Scrum before you did a more traditional project management approach yes. to software development. 
Yes. Wow, that must have been an interesting moment of what do you mean you have the we we don't know what the problem is yet moment you know sort of exactly exactly so there were these fancy things like you know having these status updates every week it was a big project for a very well known automobile manufacturer uh, situated in stuttgart and uh, so they came up with these fancy ideas so what would happen when and why and where and I thought to myself, like, this is crazy. You know, all you do is you juggle inputs here all the day and try to make sense out of them. You know, there was no sense. That was the uh, catch-22, I believe. You know, so uh, <laughs> nightmarish, uh, all I can say. And um, luckily after that, I got back into uh, agile uh, in the broader sense. And uh, I never looked back at this gun chart thingy, you know, so... Yeah, it makes that makes. Uh, I guess it's always good to see how bad it is <laughs> to really appreciate. But obviously, there's a lot of young people that are maybe listening today that maybe have never done a waterfall project and have only ever worked on Scrum. But uh, there are alternatives, and uh, some of them aren't yeah. always enjoyable. So, all right. So you you're back in the agile fold, as it were, after this moment, sort of stage left to do this uh, automotive project um in a more traditional way so then then what happened you know how did you get from there to where you are today in 2022 first of all i moved to berlin from hamburg so i'm originally from hamburg and um i had my startup here in berlin I'm, what else would you do in berlin and uh, so we're really short on cash and we stopped the thing and i needed to get back to work and uh, another startup approached me and said hey would you like to become the product owner yeah, and I thought product owner, product owner, there, there was something in Scrum. And I thought, okay, how hard can this be? <laughs> uh, you're the guy who defines where the product is going. This is what you've been doing the last uh, last two years. So that, that'll be fun. Uh, just to find out that uh, Scrum at a fast-growing startup is something completely different than Scrum in a small startup, not to mention in a traditional organization. So it was... Uh, constant infighting with the founders and uh, very control oriented you know so you need to keep the engineers at their tiptoes because otherwise they're, they're ripping you off you know you pay them and they do nothing you know uh, they pretend to work while having a smoke in the backyard you know uh, and all this stuff and uh, um, crazy things and uh, then that thing got bought by google you know that, that was interesting too uh, yet another experience <laughs> Um, so that was my journey into uh, the um, into the rabbit hole of fast-growing startups here in Berlin. So I mean, fast-growing by uh, two people on on day one and five hundred on day five hundred, right? Something around that that scale. Wow. And yeah, it's an it's an interesting challenge, you know. What what is working with uh, with uh, twenty people might not be working with fifty or hundred people. You're constantly yeah. changing everything. And, and but you still keep mm -hmm. that heart that is Scrum, right? So that's yes, the great uh, thing about Scrum. Yes, we were we were uh, we were fighting for it tooth and nail. You know, so at a, at a certain point, you have this 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 idea, this this ideal of you know we're spreading Scrum throughout the organization. Everyone will know how this works. We're going to flatten the hierarchy, and everything will be great. And but at a certain growth rate of the startup, you just figure out that. 
okay, maybe we should have a defensive position here and just protect what we already have because there are so many people coming into the, the organization. You constantly change everything all over again. Every three months, there's a new culture. And uh, by, by, by quite substantially driven by the, by the VCs, for example, because uh, as you know, if the organization is growing, you need to have more managerial power. And they, the venture capitalists always know some people who have a lot of experience, you know, very often from MacBoston. And then those folks come in and you're back to again charts, right? And it's crazy. So at the beginning, you're optimistic and more... Um, you have the idea of spreading scrum throughout the organization and the agile mindset, agile manifestos, so or the whole the whole nine yards, so to speak. And uh, a year into it, are you just uh, content of defending your little island, you know, uh, your happy little agile island in the sea of waterfall? <laughs> so even as a startup as they grow, they start taking these more industrial, sort of traditional absolutely. ways. Yes, and absolutely. And do you think in part it's because of this sort of like, this is how it needs to be done. This is how it's always done. This is how large companies operate. Or do you think it's more because of risk and power and prestige and who the people are and their experiences? What, what do you think? Why do you think that is? In my experience, a lot of driven is by the original founding team. And there's some somehow they, they 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 still are married to their original idea. It's their baby, and they don't want to let go. The problem is that uh, if you're a twenty-man uh, person team uh, in total, uh, yes, probably the founder is also the part-time product owner. Uh, if you're a two hundred uh, person organization, that is ludicrous. You know you can't do this. You know it's not going to work. You can't. <laughs> Can't can't wait for the CEO uh, to uh, uh, attend a sprint review and then never show, showing up. I think this is not working. I think this is really a part of that. And so the the anxiety to lose control over their baby. I know that the idea might get watered down, uh, directed uh, to the wrong path or whatnot. You know, this is. I think it's more defensive move. You know, so they believe that they are in more control this way. Uh, so basically, they put in place those status reports, those mm -hmm. those systems mm -hmm. around Scrum mm -hmm. to to give them the a feeling of control mm -hmm. and, and safety. Interesting. The good ones also count story points. You know, per sprint, <laughs> and they, they ask you, "Hey, uh, last time was twenty-one, now it's seventeen. Couldn't we take on these other two stories here?" A more kind of industrial paradigm-driven uh, understanding of how how this works. You know? And uh, just for our listeners, I think Stefan was being a little ironic there about the use of story points, yes, but. Um... <laughs> Just, just in case. Okay, so we've done the startup. It's grown to 500. It's got sold to Google, which sounds like a perfect story, by the way. Obviously, the, the devil's in the detail there, and there's probably many conversations we could have over, over coffee or whatever. So now you're, I assume that you left that startup. So where next, Stefan? I did. Um, I wandered a bit around uh, here and there, I checked out a few other startups just to find out they were almost all the same. And then um, I think 2017 or so, I hired uh, 
uh, I was hired by a large uh, utility company uh, based in the Ruhr area in Germany here um, as a scrum master. And uh, so I thought, that's an interesting task. And I've been doing this in a large organization, give it a try. So first project, really, really uh, successful. We, we managed to deliver in time and under budget. And by the way, it was an application for the UK colleagues at the time. And it was really successful. Um, the follow-up project, not so much. That was that was really a pain, you know. So it was uh, it was a was a well-paid time sink, you know. Uh, but I was fiddling my thumbs most of the time because, um, as so often, you know, if you fall victim to this idea of uh, shareholder value maximization and you believe that software development that is not my core business, and then you find out that. Actually, your customers nowadays want to have software and a lot of software from yourself, you know, so particularly machine learning based stuff, you know, like a prediction of energy consumption based on weather data and et cetera. And then you think, hmm, okay, how, how am I going to develop this kind of software? And you start hiring a lot of uh, freelancers because you don't have developers, you do not have a reputation for developing cool software. So no one wants to work for you. And the problem if everyone's a freelancer is that the very few people who are on the payroll of the client are basically, how shall I say, um, more equal than others. You know, mm. well, Scrum has a very egalitarian team approach, right? So there are yeah. no, there's no hierarchy, there are no sub roles, no nothing. Um, However, if the folks on the internal payroll decide whether your pro uh, contract is prolonged or not, um, guess how the retrospectives are working out, you know? Yeah. And with, with the driving force behind this idea of continuous improvement is it's basically not that uh, expressive, right? So uh, it, was, uh, it was really frustrating. It was really frustrating. And um, then I was uh, remembering that we, uh, there was, uh, autumn 2018 or so. I was, I was there for quite some time. And then I remember that we met in, 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 in spring 2018 in London. And uh, I was reaching out to you and I'll ask you. And I was very frustrated traveling back <laughs> to Berlin. Uh, and uh, I, I asked you, okay, do, do you think I might be PST material? And I said, yes. I mean, you told yeah, me some of these stories over coffee and I said, yes. And I think that's, you know, one thing that's unique about our community that, that I think is really special. Actually, I don't know if it's unique, but it is certainly special about this community is that the the experience, like the, the story you just told about, you know, when we've got a very flat, you know, when, when people are going to be the guy that signs off the timesheet, <laughs> it makes makes those sprint reviews and retrospectives a little bit interesting you know that you you know you you that i think that's a great example of where things can can go wrong and you have to really guard against and and that experience is obviously things that that uh, people like you are pst's bring bring to the classes okay so then you became a, a pst and um tell me a little bit about your experience as a pst i think that would be really really interesting why did you become? I mean, obviously you're a little unhappy at this uh, utility thing, but um, why did you become a PST and what's your been your experience? Yeah. The, the, the funny thing is that uh, 
I've offered trainings for for a long time. I started so doing in, 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 in back at school, uh, but mainly math and chemistry. I did so at the university, and I really like I like classes. It's fun, yeah. you know, sharing knowledge, you know, helping people to get better at what they do, you know, um, preventing them from reinventing the wheel over and over again. You know, so there are easier ways to do that. You know, so you can focus on the real hard things. You know, and uh, I thought to myself, okay, um, apparently there's so much botched scrum out there. You know, so some some sort of of whatever way of uh, how people interpreted Scrum and how it is supposed to be that uh, you need to do something about this. You know, maybe you have a chance by reaching out to a few people and try to explain to them how this is supposed to work, you know, and why these things are the way they are, why it is a, is a, is a, is a intentionally incomplete framework and what we can do and what are success criteria uh, of the whole framework. And uh, where we need to augment it and, and, and how we could do so and the importance of self-management and uh, embracing the idea of product quality and um, you know the camaraderie that is supposed to 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 define the team you know we're, we're not we're not leaving anyone behind but we're not throwing anyone under the bus right and that was uh, that was my original idea so that's why i said okay i need a change <laughs> No, I can't do this anymore. And I thought, okay, this, this is the way to go. You know? um, I thought, okay, I will give it a try for a year if I can go through the application process and maybe I will be accepted. And uh, well, it worked. It did. So I'm very happy about that. And you, and you enjoy getting those, those moments in your classes where people go, oh, that's interesting. That's what... Totally. I mean, this is the, the, the real reward, right? So these moments of serendipity. Um, so I typically close my, all my classes with a question, okay, uh, please um, list three things you would like to do next week with your team and share that with the rest of your classmates. And uh, it's, it's amazing to see what people come up with. And, and sometimes it's, it's, it's really the, the, this serendipitous moment when they say, ah, this is how it's supposed to be. You know, I never knew. Sometimes it's the little small things like, okay, why don't you integrate an anti-product backlog? You know, so some space where you put all the things that you uh, that you tested and and validated, and then the team decide now we're not going to pursue that. You know, so it's really really helpful to remember you of the things that you already did. You know, so it's it's that's that's really the magic moment. So the last fifty minutes of every class, I'm really looking forward to that. It's uh, it's it's fun, and you get a good understanding whether you manage to put some heretic thoughts into the mind of other people. You know that they will take back into their own organization. You know, and you know so this this sneaky way of infiltrating that organization from the intern. You know, so I really like the idea. That's great, and uh, I love the fact you you like that idea of doing that subversive change, as it were. Um, thank you for your time, Stefan. This is uh, we could talk for hours. I you took me back to London four or five years ago, I guess five or so years ago, and uh, yeah, that was uh, it was good to meet you there, and it's good to continue to work with you in our community. Um, 
So thank you for your time. This, uh, we have Stefan here, one of our PSTs from Berlin, Germany, um, changing the world one person at a time. Thanks, everybody.